I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host of the Top 100 Marketing Podcast, Business Growth Show. And today I'm sharing the podcast I was on recently with Simon Delaney called the B2C Lead Gen Podcast. We share an A to Z of SEO. So how to make a winning SEO campaign for your business, all the nuts and bolts involved throughout and a simple walkthrough, how SEO can build your brand, and most importantly, how it can drive a steady flow of sales leads for your business. Let's jump straight into it. Okay, you all good? Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast. My name is Daniel Hopewell, and I tend to be the, uh, the co-host of the show that sort of provides structure and keeps things ticking along. And uh, my co-host, Simon Delaney, is the one who jumps in with the deeper questions. And with that in mind, today's pod is entitled A Deep Dive into SEO. And we have Sam Dunning from WebChoice with us today to help us try and traverse that journey. Welcome to the show, Sam. Hey, Daniel. Hey, Simon. Thanks for having me on, guys. Looking forward to it. Thank you for joining us. So, yeah. so we'll start with a, with a big question. Um, it's Friday. What have you got today before you, you know, to finish today before you can sort of write it off for the weekend and what have you got planned this weekend? Oh, for Friday. Yeah, there's there's a few bits and pieces really. We've got a few projects we're going to kick off um, in terms of there's a few websites, a few SEO strategies. So we've got to get those started. Got a few websites we've got to kind of get to the, the design sorted out for with the rest of the team. Get that all squared away. And then we've got the big England game later on. So um, it's actually my fiance's old man 60th. So there's a bit of a party going on. So we'll chip off to that once we clock off and uh, maybe have a beer or two and hopefully nice. watch England get a win. Well, this is a thing until we're going to put this live like probably next week or something. So people listening will be like, ah, you know, those idiots yeah. who are so full of hope or the like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they can listen back Yeah, it could, could go very well or very badly. <laughs> um, okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll start off then. Um, just, just very simply, uh, could you sort of intro yourself, Sam, just sort of tell people what you do and um, tell us a little bit about web choice? Sure thing, sure thing. So... Yeah, I'm the co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and essentially at WebChoice, we help businesses with custom websites and SEO strategies that generate leads and sales. And aside from that, I also run a podcast called Business Growth Show, where each week we put out two episodes, ones with a, a guest, usually a, a marketing specialist or a sales specialist or entrepreneur. And we also put a solo episode and essentially we share actionable marketing tips that you can take away and help with your own business to increase your sales revenue um and apart from that i'm on linkedin all the time sharing tips across websites seo and, and digital marketing best practices yeah i've listened to a few of your pods they're great and yeah you have some great guests on like you said it's really actionable tips i always think that's what people really want right they just want to sort of stuff that can help their business yeah over time i mean when i first started the podcast I think about a year and a half i used to do kind of um guest stories and things like that and then i kind of thought well, really want to kind of make best use of people's time. And rather than doing an hour episode, I'd rather just do 20 to 30 minutes or so. And just that way you can, whoever's tuning in, watching the video or listening, can just take away a few gold nuggets and put those into practice like the next day, really. You That's still it. do the LinkedIn Live uh, stuff or Yeah. So most of, the, most of the podcasts, when we've got guests on, we'll put through LinkedIn Live and then we'll, we'll produce and edit up and then put it out on, on YouTube and the podcast like a couple of weeks after the recording, typically. Nice. So, um, obviously, this show we have it's, it's primarily to do with the lead generation side of it. Um, so, if people listening who are involved in that, um, why should they? Do you think why should they be concerned with SEO and organic ranking and stuff like that? And um, you know, what how can lead generators sort of benefit from using that more? Do you think? 
Yeah, sure. So weirdly enough, whilst I'm a digital marketer now, I actually used to be in B2C lead gen quite a lot because I used to deal specifically in kind of B2C data sets. And I also also used to sell B2C um, kind of real-time web leads. Mm -hmm. So I've got a bit of a background in the data game and dealing with kind of B2C insurance and home products and and those kind of goodies. So uh, got a bit of background in that. But yeah, in terms of getting back to your question, why should why should they consider SEO? Well, I know certainly my past experience, a lot of um, companies that want leads look into paid ads, whether that is Google AdWords, whether that is Facebook ads, whether that is display ads or different kind of network advertising to drive leads. Um, so essentially, if you can get top of, orga- top of the organic results on Google, if you're doing Google ads anyway, it's giving you two bites at the cherry. Only with this bite, you're not having to pay every time someone clicks it, regardless of whether they turn into a customer or turn into a lead on your landing page or your website. Um, and aside from that, it's, I mean, SEO has got a bunch of advantages. It builds up brand reputation, builds up confidence. If people keep seeing your brand, your company at the top spot of Google. And a lot of people now are aware of what's a paid ad and what's an organic listing. They're more educated. So they know that people have just paid for that top spot on Google. Whereas if they see a new organic, it, I guess it get, bears a bit more weight as well as driving more traffic to your site. And on the basis that your website or landing page does a good job at converting, then it's, it will drive more leads your way. With your history in lead gen, you'll know it's very transactional, right? So everything's like immediate and everyone's in a rush and it's all 100 miles an hour. Um, and so it's interesting the sort of juxtaposition between SEO, which is like a longer lead time specifically. Um, so do you think that's something that lead generators or even brands that are buying leads and stuff need to think about in advance when they're putting campaigns live or is, can they sort of run it at the same time they're you know, pushing something new live or how, how would you look at it? Yeah, in terms of time frame, it's definitely not an instant thing, that's for sure. Um, so if you want in results right here, right now, probably not not going to be worth it. But like you said, if you are thinking, look, right now we're probably spending a bit more than we'd like to on paid ads. So if we can reduce that over the next six months, 12 months, 18 months, that would be beneficial. Then, Or if we just need a steady flow of leads for the longer term, we're not getting perhaps the volume we need for our other channels, then perhaps you want to consider SEO. So then then it's perhaps time to kind of look at what's working well on our ads. Um, if we're doing things like Google AdWords, what keywords are performing well, what are driving some great leads, then let's look at those kind of search terms from an organic perspective. Is our website giving the best content for these terms? Is it highly relevant? Is it helpful for people? Um, and then shifting that into an SEO strategy. But yes, it's not going to be here right now, but certainly if you've got scope for it, over the next coming months, year or so, then it's it's worth looking into. Well, I think I think that feeds into something that we talk about quite a lot, which is um, for brands, uh, it's less important. But I guess it is in another way, which is a lot of lead generators they're just seeing it as like the generation of a lead rather than building a brand. And you feel like driving SEO as well, either via a site that you build or by the landing page, is going to start to actually have this brand reputation. Um, that they can um, build on going forward rather than just this really sort of short mindset of like generating leads, like you say. Um, do you think it'd help with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because as with, as with many pieces of marketing, customers are fickle, right? So even if they've clicked your ad, it doesn't mean, and even if they've liked your offer, it doesn't mean that they're going to 
fill out your inquiry form, request a demo or whatever the B2C kind of next step is, fill out some kind of form or come in as a lead just because they've done it right there. And then they might do go onto your site, flick off, forget about it, see an ad another day, then do it on that time. Or in SEO's case, they might see you at the top of Google organically um, and then think, great, look, have a look around your site or your landing page. Then a few days later, maybe see a social ad, maybe be reminded of you and then go on that next journey. So it's it's very much a, the buying process or the, the lead gen process is very fickle. And, and as you guys probably know, it can't always be attributed to a certain channel. Um, so having that brand positioning, being constantly there when people are searching for you is, is going to add up um, because people don't always know why they've done things but you're in their mind. So when the time comes and they need your product then they're probably going to remember you and they might mm. even search for you direct. Yeah. So, I mean, this, forgive me, this is a basic question, Sam, but I just want to get something clear um, for people listening. Sure. So when I think about SEO, I almost always oh, instantly think of websites and kind of longer form content and doing it in that way. But like, how does that work with like landing pages? Can landing pages still be optimized for SEO in the same way or is like a different strategy to that? Yeah, so typically if we're going to help a customer with an SEO campaign, we'd always recommend a multi-page website um, rather than just a single page. Landing pages are great, don't get me wrong, um, as a single page, but typically I'd recommend if you're going to do that, then drive ads or drive email traffic or drive social traffic, whatever it may be. If you want a successful SEO campaign, you typically want a multi-page website. Um, Reason being is Google loves content-rich sites. Google loves content... um, pages that's really helpful informative and essentially gives people the the answers they're looking for to their questions um and more often than not just a single landing page is usually focused on an offer right um so it's got to take someone from convincing them that the it's going to help their problem and then um giving them some kind of social proof and then call to action taking them to action fill out the form whereas with a multi-page website you can focus on a bunch of different services you can make sure you're giving people let's say you're an insurance provider and you're maybe looking for like best life insurance product or something like that. If someone lands on your page, they want to make sure that you're really answering their question. You're saying, look, this is why it's the best life insurance offer. Perhaps you've got a video on there. Perhaps there's an infographic explaining your process. Perhaps there's a podcast interview. There's all these useful resources. So you're kind of building trust with the customer, giving them a good user experience, making sure they don't bounce off your page right away because you didn't answer what they were looking for. And likewise, you're telling Google that you're a reputable source um and that the information you're putting out is right so yeah typically multi-page sites tend to work way better so what's uh, how easy is it though so like the example you gave for life insurance if i if you were a um let's say an agency or a lead generator that was building a landing page and you were bidding on google running some facebook traffic affiliates whatever and then yep. you thought okay this is something we've been doing for the last four years we'd better build a site around it as well we want to rank highly if someone types in either life insurance or it could be I don't know, a bit more specific like over 50s life insurance or something um I, I guess there's two questions one is what do you think the time frame is and how easy or difficult is it to rank to the top of that it's not that easy yeah i was gonna say um, <laughs> so as you know because we're all be doing it now right <laughs> as you know the insurance sector is saturated right yeah. So every every man and his dog wants to be page one for some of those search terms. Um, the niche you go. So yeah, like you said, if you can go like critical life cover or over fifties insurance, then that's going to help. Um, but there's a few things to consider. So what one of the very first parts of an SEO 
plan SEO processes to nail down the search terms, the keywords that you actually want your website to get found for. Um, and when you're doing that, you don't necessarily want to look at, you want to think about different stages of the sales funnel. Um, so you want to think of, are you normally split into three processes? So kind of top of the funnel where people aren't aware of what you do, maybe middle of the funnel where people are perhaps comparing you to another provider um, and then bottom of the funnel where people are just ready to get a quote um, in lead gen case right away or to do business with you. So if someone's searching something like best life insurance company or best life insurance provider, they're probably quite competitive terms that might take, I don't know, 12 months or so to rank depending on how saturated they are. So they're quite bottom of funnel people ready to buy. Um, whether you're searching something like, I don't know, Aviva versus what's another life insurance provider, is it? Um, Alliance. In general. Yeah. yeah. So if you're comparing the two, maybe you're in the middle of the funnel because you know you want it, but you just want to compare a couple options. If you're really early in the funnel, um, top of funnel, you might be think thinking, why do I need life insurance? Or why would I need critical illness cover? Um, so your website, your SEO can capture people at different stages of the funnel the sales funnel. Why do you want to do that? Um, well, the top of funnel stuff, it tends to be what's called a longer term keyword because it's more, got more search terms in the query. So why do I need X or things to consider before getting X? That means on your website, when it comes to creating the content, you can create a dedicated page or blog article related to that that really helps people. Why would you do that? Well, they're seeing your brand, you're building trust. When the time comes that they do need your help, you'll probably be remembered. Um, they might sign up to your email, they might sign up to your video list or whatever. Um, middle of funnel, comparison. You're basically putting together content again on your, on your site, whether that's a blog, a podcast, a resource, and you're weighing up yourself against another option. Or bottom of funnel, which tends to be the most competitive, where people are literally ready for the product and you want to come up top, um, which might, yeah, like I say, depending on how competitive the industry is in the insurance sector, could take 12 months, could take 18 months, um, depending what's out there. Yeah, this is the thing, right? Because lead gen, um, I just did a post space yesterday, the day before. Um, it drives so much awareness that's never taken into account, right? Because all the ads, all the views. So to get someone to fill a landing page form in um, under, I don't know, let's say it's a vehicle test drive for Nissan, for example. Yeah. Um, you might have a million views of whatever that product page is. And that's all on paid media as well. So you're typically paying for every click. And everything that doesn't convert, if it's from a lead generation page, so it's, you know, like um, besttestdrives.com or something, they've lost all that other traffic unless they're doing some sort of retargeting, which, you know, you don't pick very much up for anyway. But if you're going to put that much budget and that much effort behind it, to then not have like a fallback, like you said, when that awareness has been struck and someone yep. then goes back a month later and thinks, oh, that test drive ad that I saw, I'm, I am thinking about switching. That's when you need the uh, the website and the SEO to kick in. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Exactly. I mean, there's a stat, a company called Lead Forensics put it out a while ago. It's probably changed a little bit since, but they used to say that 98% of your visitors will never convert. Mm. Um, so that was how they sold their tools. So basically only 2% which is around an industry average, it varies from site to site. So only around 2% of people that come to your site will ever convert into a lead or an inquiry. So how are you capturing their attention? How are you keeping them engaged? How are you being a useful resource? How are you educating them, helping them, informing them? So when the time comes that they do need your product, you're top of mind. Yeah. Because um, exactly like you said, like not everyone's going to inquire straight away. So if you can be a useful resource to them through the content on your own site or constantly appearing top of the organic search, then the chances are they'll, they'll, they'll come back to you when they're ready.
It's, it sort of reminds me of, we were always talking about like the difference and the similarities between B2B, but it's, um, it's almost like all that paid media is the awareness that's being driven by either a brand or a vertical. And then it's when you need the non-paid organic to actually be the intent channel. It's like the reverse almost. Um, if only 2% are converting on the actual intent channel you're going for. But I, I think the same about brands as well. So let's say, I don't know, um, you are bull for energy. Um, we've grown and grown and grown recently. And so um, you rank really highly under your own brand and everything else. But if someone then yeah. searches something like, I don't know, best energy comparison, yeah, they'll virtually never be there and they won't be bidding on it either. But a bunch of lead generators will be bidding on it to try yeah. and capture leads to sell back to Paul. And then top ranking will be just some um, comparison site or something yeah. like that. I always think brands just aren't taking advantage of SEO either. Yeah. A tricky, tricky point there, Simon, is on those kind of terms as well, is that those kind of sites do do very well. So when you search like this, it's the same in our sector, right? So if you search like best energy comparison or compare web developers in my space or compare SEO developers, quite often the page one is just of organic search is just full of um, these directory sites, right? That are geared up to lead gen. And why do they perform well? Well, they're so content rich. They've just got so many information that's usually submitted by the actual companies themselves. So quite often the owners of the directories don't have to do a great deal of work because all their content comes from the vendors that are signed up to the site, which is interesting. Um, so literally in, in our case, there's, there's one called in the web space, there's one called Clutch. There's another one called Good Firms. And basically agencies pay to be on these sites, but they're aggregating content from the agencies. So they're getting rankings on Google purely by the content that the companies that want to be listed on their submit. They even get the companies to submit blog articles and stuff like that. Um, so it's, it's worked really well but yes yeah, so it's generally comparison sites tend to be page one when you're searching comparisons um but it's interesting so is that company you've just mentioned are they kind of spending quite a lot on paid ads but they're not coming up on any organic searches is that right or who's that Paul? yeah um no I, I think they probably run some paid ads and they you know they'll probably do some like competitor or like their own brand bidding um yeah. but what happens it's sort of similar to what you mentioned with the comparison sites um, and this is what I'd like suggest that lead generators start thinking of themselves like is um, lead generators will bid on key terms, which they then capture leads on and sell them back to the brands that either could run it as an SEO or bid on those terms themselves. And gotcha. it's because the brands aren't really focusing on lead gen. They're focusing on sales and building the brand and then they're think- outsourcing their marketing from a lead gen level to lead generators and it's coming back to them. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm like I say, when I used to be in the industry, that was quite the case. It was always a hard game to try and offer and try and sell SEO to a lot of B2C companies, especially in the insurance space that we dealt in quite a lot because they were just so used to right here, right now and just paying for leads. They probably had a setup with a few different lead generation companies, like you said, or aggregate aggregators where they could just know what was coming in and know what was coming out. And that was that. Um, but like you say, why not set up, a, a site yourself which yes it's not going to be quick but a year or so's work then the leads might start steadily coming in um if you are in a competitive space and most of these companies not all if you're a startup then appreciate funds are going to be tight and resources in house might be tight so you might have to start on a smaller scale but a lot of companies like the ones we've referenced so far have got big marketing teams right mm. so why not get them to steadily work on a website and start being putting together content um kind of understanding look these are the key these are the products we want to be selling 
Um, these are the search terms we need to get up, go after. Let's agree on X amount of search terms. Let's make sure our website is going to be lightning quick. It's going to be a really useful resource if anyone lands on it. It's going to have great blog articles, great videos, great interviews, um, all the information pages. We're going to assess our competitors and we're going to one-up them on every information page we have. We're going to be more useful, more educational. We're going to really guide them to take action as well. So we're going to really, at the end of each page, we're going to have a clear call to action for them to get a quote or request more details or book a call. Um, so that way, kind of we're setting ourselves up for the next 6, 12, 18 months. We're going to get a steady flow of leads from organic as well as what we're already kind of buying from lead generators anyway. So it's, to me, it's common sense, but I sell it. So, I mean, feel free to ask deep dive into any of the strategies if you want to. Well, no, I think um, one of the things I was going to say, the reason it doesn't happen, I think, is more like an internal thing for the brands, if you speak talking about them specifically, which is the marketing team of a brand have their own budget and their own um, sort of incentive. And so they'll be building the site, building brand awareness and everything else. And the stuff we're talking about would be to generate leads. It's actually a budget given to the sales team. And what they're thinking about is just generate leads quickly. And that's why it all when effectively their marketing gets outsourced and they just want leads coming in. Um, yep. Whereas if they work together a bit more, this is the sort of strategy they might, might start thinking about. Yeah. And it is, it is difficult because I appreciate that you need X amount of leads coming in to generate X revenue per month. Um, but yeah, it does... It is a it is a case of kind of coming out your comfort zone and just seeing look how can we set our business up for for next year rather than just what's coming in this year, yeah. um, mm. and then yeah again looking at the brand side of things, looking at making your website more of a useful resource, and looking at also thinking about well we don't know what we don't know. So yes, we're getting customers from these channels right now, we're buying lead, these leads in, but what about this huge chunk of uh, business that we know these lead generation sites are doing for us? What if we can just get a small slice of the pie? Um, and that's that's what you need to consider, really. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting when you think about this sort of short-term transactional lead gen on one side, and then you're talking about a longer-term process and brand building and stuff like that. But then, does the challenge for you, um, like how do, how do you sort of track that, for example? So if someone comes in and they see something at the top of the funnel, and then the, you you make a brand sort of you know in the mind, like you say, and then like a year later they convert. Is it difficult for you to sort of say to clients, like, you know, how you track that journey and how you prove that return on that, if you see what I mean? Very much so. So it's um, just like anything top of funnel, unless they sign up to some kind of lead magnet, whether that's your email list or something else, then there might be a way of turning that back. Um, certainly with bottom of the funnel, that's, that's all trackable. So if you've got a website and you've got Google Analytics set up and you're measuring each conversion point, so if someone's clicking to phone you or filling out a lead form or doing a chat bot or whatever they st step they take to speak to your sales team or generally, then yeah, of course you can track all that and you can attribute that to organic search. But yeah, when it's more top of funnel, when it's more building brand, yes, it is trickier to track. Um, I mean, I suppose one way you can do it is whenever they, they come in on board and speak to a sales rep, you, you, you measure, you ask them, look, how, how did you find us originally or what, how did you stumble upon us? And you, you met, met that down in the CRM. But like I said earlier, not everything's trackable. Um, you need to think kind of longer term this is going to build our brand not everything we're going to be able to attribute um, a big chunk of the lower stuff lower funnel stuff we will but and that's the same for paid ads right because not everyone that clicks the paid ad is going to convert right away and it might be might be a mix so if you are doing SEO and ads then it's only going to complement the strategy mm. by kind of building that multi-channel approach and making sure you're on the different platforms in front of your customer wherever they choose to kind of search for you so do you know what the 
the strategies to use for top, middle, and bottom of the funnel pre-building a site, or is it a case of then optimizing it once it's being built? Yeah, yeah. This this could be an episode in itself. So um, building, I mean, I can I can quickly. What I'll do is I'll go through an SEO strategy and um, in a fairly quick format and just stop me at any stage. So initially, we'll, you, wanna... we'll, you just you just rumble on, and we'll. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll take so, notes. Like we said earlier, first you want to do a you want to nail down the keywords um, that you want to actually get your website ranked for organically on Google. Um, you don't want to do anything. You want to literally think about um, what are the products, what are the services we offer that we want to be found for. And if you've already got data from Google Ads or similar, then that's going to be really useful because you know what's working. Um, so if we swing it back to, let's say you offer some kind of insurance product, it doesn't matter, I swap out the insurance word for whatever else I say. Um, so different search terms, you could think like real bottom of funnel stuff might be best life insurance provider or buy life insurance now or get a life insurance quote. People are typing that right. They're probably going to head onto your page and click get a quote. Middle of funnel might be um, compare X to Y or um, yeah, compare Y to Z or comparing different products or they might have literally type in compare life insurance or something like that. Um, that might be somewhere in the middle. Right at the top might be why do I need X? Why do I need insurance? Or what to consider before doing this? Or how should I go about doing this? Um, so making sure you've got search terms for each one. Um, and tools that you can use are things like SEMrush, Ahrefs, um, Google Keyword Planner. All of these tools will give you data on how many searches these terms get per month, um, the search value, what, the comp what your competitors are doing in the space. So you can kind of assess one assess ones and then make a list of the ones you want to crack on and go ahead for. Once you've nailed down the search terms you want to look at, there's two main elements to SEO. Everything on your website, on-site SEO, and everything off of your website called off-site SEO. So the key, first of all, before you rush off and start doing what's called building backlinks and chucking out a load of content on other websites, is you need a solid foundation on your website, right? So you need to look at your website from a technical perspective and from a content perspective. So technically, you need to consider things like Google recently rolled out an update called Core Web Vitals. Some elements to that include making sure your website loads super fast. Um, and there's a great tool that you can use called Google PageSpeed Insights. Um, and you can just put in your website URL and they'll tell you your, your page speed on mobile and desktop. Ideally, and they'll give you a score out of 100. And if it's kind of under 90 or so, they'll give you um, actionable tips. So it might say like your images take too long to load or something's wrong with your technical like JavaScript or there's an issue with your code and you can kind of bring that to your web developer. So you want your mobile and, and desktop page speed under one, close to one second or less than one second as possible. You also want what's called a mobile first design on your site. There's now typically about 60% of all searches are made from mobile. Some websites a bit less, some websites a bit more. Having just what's called a responsive design on your website is no longer good enough. Um, so that's basically where your website adapts to mobile, it adapts to PC, it adapts to tablet. That's okay, but if you can go mobile first, most people, especially in the B2C sector, I imagine are, are flicking through their phone at, at nighttime. Perhaps they've seen your ad on Facebook, whatever. As, if, your advert, if your site doesn't work well on the mobile, they're going to head to a competitor that works better. So doing that, making sure your site's fast to load. And then there's a bunch of more technical things, which I won't bore you with too much, but making sure things such as the meta titles, meta descriptions under each page are relevant again to the search terms you've picked out in, at the start. So um, your homepage might be 
best life insurance provider for your life insurance company and your de- description might be what a, a little snapshot of kind of what you provide and that's that's the listing that's shown on google and um, when someone sees your ad the meta and description um and then doing things like alt tags which are over images so when people hover over images they know what it means so looking at all those technical elements and how your website is structured and then looking at the content so you don't want to jam every keyword that you have to, to your homepage because it might not be relevant, especially if we're looking at more of these top of funnel searches. So what to consider before getting life insurance. You might want to do a dedicated page on this, which again, like we talked about earlier, is a useful resource. So it kind of gives everyone they need to, to weigh up the pros and cons of it, gives them some useful content, um, gives them some maybe useful video, a useful infographic. Quick tip on content is if you get common questions from your customers each and every week, like how do we do this or what's the best way to do X or what should I consider before doing X? And if you're not sure what these questions are, you can ask your sales reps. You can literally say to your sales team, what is the most common problem or objection that my customer, that our customers come to us each and every week without fail? They'll probably give you a list of five to 10 objections that you get from customers while they don't buy. Create content on that. Put that as a website, blog post, article or information page. Why? Well, you know there's demand for it. People are probably searching for it because it's a common problem you get each and every week. Um, so yeah, structure your content accordingly, make it relevant to the search terms, make it as helpful as possible, um, do all those checks in terms of speed. So then you're basically making sure that your website has a solid foundation. Once you've ticked off all those boxes, then you can start cracking on with something called offsite SEO. So this is things like creating articles, press releases, um, information, um, informative blogs, uh, infographics, animated videos, and building backlinks. Why do you want to do that? Well, on-site will only get you so far. If you're in a really niche industry, you might be okay. But most of the things we're talking about, insurance space, energy sectors, especially are very saturated. So we need to create backlinks, create content and distribute it so we can help build up what's called our website's domain authority, help send um, links back to our site, um, build up what's called link juice within Google and over time push our keywords that we're going for organically up in Google's rankings. Um, so yeah, a bunch of ways you can do that, creating articles that are relevant that include the keywords we're going after um, and then distributing them on re- relevant blogging sites, putting them on relevant press release sites, building links in directories, classified ads and all this good stuff that's relevant to what you do in your industry. Um, which your SEO team can do, or if you've got a marketing team in-house, they can set up this strategy and this plan. And then you need to measure it all. So everything needs to be linked back to data. So you need to make sure you've got tools like Google Analytics set up on your website and you're tracking all your traffic sources so you can attribute what's coming as organic traffic, what's coming as paid. So you're tracking all your conversion points every time someone clicks your phone number, every time someone fills out a form, every time someone does a chatbot. So then at the end of the month, you can report all the activities you've done. So all the on-site activities you've done, all the content you've created, all the links you've built and distributed, and then report on the results. So measure the ranking improvements. So again, you can use kind of SEMrush or Ahrefs to give you these this data. And you can say, look, one of the search terms, let's say best energy provider, we were unranked. Now month one in, we've gone from unranked to page 50. Uh, month two, we've gone to 45. Um, and then most importantly, the conversions. So measuring, look, this we've had this many form fills, this many click to calls, this many chatbots um, from organic results this month. So it's all kind of linked back to um, leads and revenue. That is the process in a snapshot. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I could listen to the long version. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant, though, Sam. I think that was a really good sort of uh, overall view into uh, sort of what it takes as well. And also why a lot of companies outsource it to people like you. It's because you need that technical knowledge effectively. There's a lot to it. Exactly. Um so that's why we've kind of got a specialist team. Like you said, I couldn't do it all myself because you need people to create the content. You need developers mm. that know the, the on-site work and then you need people that know how to build links. So it's, it's a varied skill set. Um, so yeah, making sure you've got that. Do you write all the content for your clients as well when, when they're doing stuff like blogs and articles and things like that? Yeah, good question. Because in a lot of sectors, you need industry-specific knowledge. So, um, so the answer is sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. For the larger companies, they'll have a marketing team and they might help us out. Medium-sized companies, we might create some blog articles and infographics and design things some month and then they might help us with half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas for the smaller businesses, we might do the job, we might do all of it because um, they, they're too busy kind of running the business and running sales. So they want us to, to look after the whole process. So it varies depending on the size of the co usually. Yeah, brilliant. Um, wow. Well, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for that. that was that was very uh, very beneficial. I think for people listening, so I think people already appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and like I say, I think I said mentioned before we start, I have like a rough idea of things to talk about roughly, and I was going to end it saying, "Can you give us some actionable tips to uh, help?" But you've just done that in space, so I think I'll move past that one um, because that was really really useful. And I say actionable stuff, which is really good. Um, but just to sort of wrap things up, I was just going to say um, you mentioned the podcast. But if people are listening to this and think, yeah, you know, I want to know more about this or listen to the pod or work with you in some way, what are the best ways for people to find you? Yeah, I appreciate that. So by all means, check me out on LinkedIn. It's Sam Dunning. I share actual kind of SEO and web tips each and every day. Um, check out the podcast. It's Business Growth Show. Again, you can steal a bunch of tips yourself. Uh, it's on YouTube and all the podcast channels. But otherwise, if you've, if you've listened to me ramble on for the last 30 or so minutes and you've thought... Yeah, I'm feeling a bit frustrated because my website isn't converting all these visitors that I'm paying so much in ads or marketing um, and they're not converting to leads. Or perhaps you, you keep searching on Google for the products you offer or the services you offer and you keep seeing your competition ahead of you and you want a slice of that pie, then I'd love to chat to you. It's webchoiceuk.com. Cool. I think one of the things that um, is really interesting is the, the similarity we've got because we talk about a lot about um, how brands should become lead generators and lead generators should become brands and i think your sort of offering is fits really sort of well into that so you know removing this paid media stance alone from the lead generators and start thinking about and i think the reason why it's so important to actually start building a brand is the sort of data world that we're now moving into and have moved into already where people they want more control they want to know who's got their data what the benefits are it, this sort of one hit wonder of just generating a lead and then selling it with little sort of um concept of the longer term view of uh, your relationship with leads or the prospects or anything else um and so for me i think it's a perfect way to do that and start thinking about it is you know and it, it provides real commitment if you are a lead generator as well thinking about actually building a site in the verticals that you operate in that's going to make you rank highly. Because it sort of also like puts some responsibility on you as well, right? So you can't just bang an ad up and start thinking how much it's going to drive leads. It's like, okay, you're yeah. actually going to like, you know, list your benefits and highlight the reasons why people should work with you or uh, people become leads for you so that, you know, 
what is it what is the service that you're actually providing rather than just generating a lead yeah exactly and although i've rambled on about seo for the last god knows how long um i'm very much of the mindset of having a multi-channel marketing approach so just like you said the the problem with marketing or advertising is that any one time advertising can take a hit Mm. so an example i often give is look i i get as our business web choice, we tend to get most of our business than three main sources. And that is SEO, organic SEO for our, for our own leads. Um, and likewise, we do the same for our customers. And then after that, it's paid ads. So we do paid ads and sponsored ads on a few different channels. And then thirdly is LinkedIn. And that's just the, own, the content I put out each day. And we yeah. get quite a lot of inbound opportunities from that. So that's our three top channels. And there's a few few after that, of course. But if one of those channels takes a hit, I know that I've got SEO, I've got paid ads. Let's say LinkedIn changed tomorrow and LinkedIn went pay to play. I know that I've got paid ads, SEO. I run the podcast. We put out a bunch of content. I run a YouTube channel. Um, all those channels are still going to feed leads to me. Mm. Um, whereas if you put all of your eggs in one marketing basket, like paid ads or whatever it is, if that crashes down tomorrow, what are you going to do? If you've got SEO and you've got all this evergreen content that's on the internet, it's not going anywhere. You know that that's probably going to be okay for a while. And over time, that's going to feed you some leads. So it's having that mindset of not everything has to be under one channel. It must be a tough gig uh, ranking organically for SEO on <laughs> Google because every SEO company must be trying to outcompete the other. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, SEO and web development. So one of our terms at the moment is web development company that we're page one for. But there's literally 100,000 or so web agencies in the UK. Mm. So it's, it's quite a game. A bit like life insurance, really, I suppose, in terms of competitiveness. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks. For that. that was absolutely brilliant, Sam. I'm sure the listeners have taken a lot from this. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll see whose podcast ranks most highly in Finland uh, <laughs> under marketing. We were number five. I need to check it. Yeah, yeah I haven't checked the, the stats. We were number five yeah. for a day, and then it just dropped. There was that yeah. one day. We five. You might have let's, dropped let's, even more after this episode. Let's be transparent. <laughs> we're now down to 45. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> thanks so much, Sam. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Cheers. Cheers, bro. guys. Enjoyed it. Take Thank care. You. Bye. Thanks for listening to the B2C Lead Generation Podcast, the show for serious lead generators. Be sure to hit subscribe to hear more from those at the very cutting edge of the lead gen world. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.